So if you want to sit that in the middle. Don't Attention all passers-by, there's still open VIPC in room 121. Do you want to feel important? For like $25. Okay. <laughs> Come to Thurber on the Rocks and a free ride is courtesy of Fred Dave. We'll waive the charge if you listen to all three of our podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> Can we just get someone with like a big cardboard cutout of like the uh, Apple iTunes uh, podcast player spitting it and dancing, like pointing <laughs> into the room? What's going on? Can we just start regurgitating like all the same, like, you know, sponsors? Actually, guys, this is a really higher thing. Um, this is live performance, so what's going on is this is an analogy for the amount of folks who actually listen to the <laughs> 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 I wanted you guys to experience the emptiness from my soul that is looking at our automatic downloads. <laughs> the space in the room is our late, late motif. Uh, it's a repeated theme uh, reminding us uh, of the frustrating nature of life uh, and the pointlessness of it all. Well, in case you haven't guessed, uh, people who are listening out there on the interwebs, we are actually alive. Uh, we are together. We are we are recording already. Oh, uh, so as, as you do. Gates play the day from West Island. I know. I know. <laughs> this is gonna be like a WTF episode that just faded in. <laughs> actually, we might even like hybridize it. I think what we're gonna do is we have a series of, of panel audios now um, uh, where we've recorded, and we're just gonna nerdist network this. You know, we are gonna just start pumping out all of the things that we've done together so that we so can start introducing. Do I actually have everybody like Chris Hardwick does all the time? Um, no, you're gonna give us points. Okay. Or actually, I'm at the point, so I give points. Yeah, you're the point, man. <laughs> This, this panel no, is This is a as, as a kind of epic intro would be, so now I feel really at home. So, right. uh, Good job, <laughs> But yeah, in case you hadn't guessed, we are here at the Indie Podcasting Panel at AwesomeCon Indianapolis, and hello, AwesomeCon! I can actually feel the crickets. I can not even hear them. I just physically felt them. Hey, to be fair, hey, the hey, had that's how you know it's working when you feel it. Baker's Life is probably going to be like this season. Oh, oh so, uh, sad. Sad. Uh, so sad. Do you know Baker's Life is not sports? I've heard of it. Okay. I've heard of it. Start. It's on the internet and stuff. So we're going to get started here by first introducing ourselves. Uh, my name is Gabriel Canada. I am one of the hosts of Kind of Epic Show, uh, as well as the not very good organizer of the Indie Podcaster Network on Meetup. <laughs> but put together, yeah, it's good. We have a Meetup. We have one. We have one. <laughs> we have it's, one it's really nice. It's pleasant. Yeah. a good time. But, uh, but yeah, essentially, uh, we put together this, uh, this panel today to talk about podcasting and also to get the opportunity to showcase um, Indianapolis-based podcasters or indie podcasters. Um, so with us here today, I'm going to just go ahead and pass it off uh, in, uh, in the order of uh, people who are sitting right next to me here. Uh, okay. I'm going to pass it to Warner. To uh, I'm Warner Swopes. I'm one of the hosts of Nerd Management, as well as uh, one of the main web admins for nerdmanagement.com, where we surface uh, comic book and nerd-related news, TV, movie stuff, and then uh, some uh, editorials, things like that. 
Uh, my name is John Follett. I'm a lifelong Indianapolis native. I co-host the Miller Time podcast with my buddy Flavor Dave, who will introduce himself shortly. Um, I currently attend uh, IUPUI's National Sports Journalism Master's Program, and I just recently accepted a position in Texas while covering high school sports, so I won't get to see any snow this month. John will be okay. Which means we're going to have to do everything in Skype this season. There should be a, a new twist that maybe we might bring up. But, uh, my name is Dave Searle. I'm also the uh, other co-host of the Miller Time Podcast, that Patriots uh, podcast. I also work for uh, Nuvo, who, who kindly rebroadcasts our uh, podcast a little bit. Um, we also do it through uh, 8.9 seconds. I am deeply alienated for the day, but for the day is not your real name. Oh, no, it is. It's, it's Swedish. Oh. It's, pronoun- it's pronounced Flavadal. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, uh, from a uh, Nordic roots. No, um, that is just that is just. I used to do a career, oh, I shouldn't even, I, you got me started on this, I shouldn't bring it up because I'm going to have to do it, but well, I'm not going to do it, just so you know. <laughs> I, used do, I used to do a killer uh, public enemy impersonation, including every member. Whoa, actually, you need to do that. I think that makes we'll, wrap, we'll do it at the end. Okay. <laughs> if all goes well, we'll do it right Yeah, let's get into that. But it's more Chuck D. Heavy than Flavor Flavor Heavy, but I, I can do a couple yeah boys and that's okay. okay. <laughs> I happen to have a clock in the back of my car if you want to make a... I got a question. Is, is, it, is it chronically oversized? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. It's a long clock with different types of malts for beer. Well, can I put it on my lanyard? Uh, probably. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, meet us in the parking lot. We, we, we lost off. track. We are so before before <laughs> my, my, my fellow podcasters forget to plug themselves and us, <laughs> I'm going to introduce, uh, they will not introduce themselves, I will introduce. Uh, I'm Andrew Crowley, uh, I'm, uh, I'm one of the guest hosts on uh, kind of the show, uh, and uh, I know uh, Dave and John pretty well, uh, they sat in front of me uh, last season in Area 55, I also freelance for Nemo occasionally. Um, you also have um, actual radio experience. You're the only uh, broadcast broadcaster here from uh, Radio Free Radcade. Oh, yeah. Uh, I used to, when I was in the, an undergrad, uh, you know, I used to uh, radio show on uh, WIUX 99.1, Pure Student Radio. And I'm David West, uh, the host of Panther Show. So, not that exciting. <laughs> <laughs> this is the point where you're supposed to be like, I've got a $60,000 film and audio degree, and I'm making use of it by doing David West, he's a bad man. <laughs> I apologize to all of the uh, all of the nerds at AwesomeCon for inviting and letting in uh, letting in the folks who are sports broadcasters. There are going to be so many sports references. Well, this is kind of cool though because like it's game day here in, in Indy, so we see like we see people dressed up as like Mystique and Batman, but we also see people also cosplaying as Ray Rice. <laughs> Too soon? Uh, oh, you went to the darkest place. I know. That's, that's, that's my thing. There's a line. I have to go over that line. Yeah. Yeah. We have Donatello in the audience back there. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Hey, plus uh, about uh, 20% of the crowd is wearing a Boston Red Sox cap right now. Yeah. So that, <laughs> there we go. But I would say one of the... I like synergy between nerd culture and, and sports or fandom. Because let's be honest, if you can do a 64-team uh, uh, bracket, um, you probably are spending enough time online to have also done there you go. I just did a, I just did a fantasy Pokemon draft last night. <laughs> That's, there you go. Awesome. Ne- the nexus of sports and pop culture, I suppose. Oh, yeah. Sports and geek. One year, nerd manager did a fantasy Justice League where we took <laughs> scores based on how many covers characters appeared on and things like that. But it was really difficult because... I was spending hours in the comic book store counting pages. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we, we just couldn't do it again. It's like, man, I, I can't keep up with it. 
I, I want to start then by asking about, about the different thematic things because for a podcast, one of the most important things that you can do um, is decide on the format, or in the case of kind of epic show, decide that there is. <laughs> but no, that, that in itself is, is an identity as well. Um, the idea that you're going to be popular culture, that you're going to be a kind of a catch-all thing, that you will can, uh, follow whatever whatever interests you. But then there are also more niche podcasts, uh, and and that can also be one of the things that helps to appeal or find you an audience online. Um, so if you can all just kind of speak to um, the formation of your podcast, um, what niche you were trying to target, or were you trying to target? Sure. Um, with nerd management, we have uh, we have what's what we call the nerd management network. It makes us sound really big, and we're not. But uh, it's it's basically our, our website. We host several different podcasts. We have as you know the, the regular nerd management podcast, and that covers a wide variety. Our tagline is we manage all things nerdy, and so that's anything that would be covered at any of these cons, like you know movies, TV, comic books. Uh, we have a lot of, I would say our main focus is on comic book related things, you know, TV shows that are in that genre, but um, uh, we, just this week, we just got finished recording an episode that was all about professional wrestling from the 1980s to the 1990s and how awesome it was and the characterization and things like that. So we jump around a lot to like different, different things that people who are considered nerds would enjoy. And um, so it just depends on that one. We also do have kind of like that niche, niche crowd uh, focus in that we have these smaller podcasts that are only about a half hour long. Um, because I have a team of several people who could be here today, but uh, uh, Alec Ward and Rob Roca, who are my co-hosts on Nerd Management Proper, they also um, do a podcast called Point Blake Gaming, and it's all about video games. And uh, I do one that I do on my own that's called The Saga of the Swoops Thing that is focused strictly on um, like breaking down issues of Swamp Thing over its uh, 70 years of publication. And, um, we also have uh, our web designer does a, uh, a podcast called So Nerdy It Hurts, and it kind of just is a breakdown of. Uh, it's a good one. Yeah, it is. It's just break, kind of a breakdown of like a focused thing that he, you know, whatever topic. Like I know he did a, a pretty awesome one about just all about Deadpool. And it was pretty good. So um, we, we kind of have that overall feel for the regular nerd management where we cover all things and then we have focus areas in our smaller, shorter podcasts that people want. You know, they want to know more about gaming, they want to know more about comics, there's focuses for that. Um, as far as us, what, what sports could ball? Because <laughs> <laughs> we thought it would pay the bills. Blah, 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 blah. Um, uh, play your day, feel free to. Uh, hop in on this anytime you want to. Also, I'll, I'm going to say the word niche because niche sounds weird to me. You kept switching. You were sure. Niche, like niche is like moist. It just doesn't blow up the tongue very well. Niche, niche, niche. For the Miller Time podcast, like we, we are an Indiana Pacers centric podcast. So it didn't start out that way. I wanted to do a podcast about. People in sports, but people that you don't necessarily hear about. Like I was watching, you know, ESPN. This was around the time when you know Tim Tebow was everywhere on ESPN. It was like I saw a, a segment on like some ESPN morning program where they were celebrating Tim Tebow's birthday. You can't see it right now, but David West is actually Tebow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
But um, it just really irked me because like there's there's so much sports media out there, but it seemed like they were just devoting themselves to just like a couple people, like either, either Tim Tebow or Peyton Manning or Derek Jeter or Tiger Woods, the same people you always hear about. It was like there's other good stories out there too, and I wanted to do uh, like a podcast called like I think the working title is like I don't like the bench life and the bench league, but I wanted to do uh, talk to people who are in sports, but you never hear about like whether they, you know it's a. Uh, I want to do like a Yamahini for the Pacers. You want to, I want to do with him because you know he's from France. He's an interesting story. He's an international player. What's it like to come, you know, Europe and come over here and play basketball here? And I, I just tweeted. I said, I have an idea for a podcast. Stay tuned. Flay Dave here and follow me on Twitter at the time, which is where you see tweets on Twitter. Um, but he, uh, he just he just replied to me and said, Hey, I'm an audio guy. Let me know if you need help. And uh, we were going to Pacers games at the time. And he came up to me. We just started talking. But he really gave it more of a focus and direction. Said, Hey, let's just do an Indiana Pacers podcast again. Sure. Why not? So I give more more of the credit to, to Dave. It's more of his baby than mine. And I just Yeah, absolutely. No, <laughs> now, if it were, also, if it were for John Hunter, yeah, I'd I, I play one of Dunn and Beaver. So, uh, how's John? Going for work. Somebody snap a picture of that. Please. <laughs> well, the, uh, You're welcome to the Twitters and the Facebooks <laughs> and any of the social medias in the audience. Please partake. Hashtag bro. <laughs> John's idea is an awesome idea, and, I, and we still want to do it, but the, the natural problem is booking. I mean, we're just two dudes. Um, John uh, did have uh, a, a go through with Ohio School of Journalism, and, uh, uh, but it's, it's still it's, it's a tough thing to think every single week we could book a new sports player, uh, someone of his professional athlete who's going to be willing to give us a chance. And um, I've had a few opportunities to talk to kind of low-level NBA players, guys who were on the league for a couple of years. They had awesome stories because they played overseas, and uh, one guy played for a team that was literally owned by uh, the Mafia in Italy. And they had all these crazy stories where, like, uh, the uh, uh, the team, he, one day he came back to his apartment that was rented by the team, and it was a little bit... Uh, uh, the landlord locked him out, and they said, "Go to lunch and come back." And he comes back, and there's a new landlord. He never saw that guy ever again. So, you would avoid a lot of situations in the NBA, like the Lance Stevenson thing. Larry Bird would have made him an offer. If Larry Bird could get away with it, he would have done it. But well, um, he really is in the mafia. The whole like hip, the, sun, but the whole hip thing is really just the sun. Yeah, he's, he's slow playing it. Hey Lance, if you don't accept my offer, I'm gonna break your kneecap. <laughs> <laughs> What do, you think, what do you think happened to my back? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but that's just a small part of it. There's a whole culture of people saving their money, living off their career, rather than their own salary. And this whole other world that no one ever talks about. Um, but again, the problem is booking. So um, we ended up uh, saying, well, you know, we love the Pacers. There's games all the time. Let's just do Pacers podcasts. We can do that. We don't need any access. We can just talk about it, watch it on TV, go to the games, get it done. That's, so that's why we did that. Hopefully, uh, the other podcast idea is something that we can do a little bit farther down the road. But, uh, you know, we were talking about uh, how to come up with subjects for each podcast. We have made. Because we just talk about the games that just happen, and then the games that come up. And then when the season's about to start, we just preview the season. And when it's over, we recap the season. We don't, I mean, it's just, we don't even have to think about it. It's not even a conversation. So that really helps when it comes to uh, coming up with kind of a groove, a format, a routine. Because we're kind of doing all, it's, the structure's always the same. It's just the games are always different. It makes it a lot easier. We don't even have a meeting before we do the podcast. We just show them and do it. Because we already know how we're going to handle it. So, um... But that's why we chose the Pacers, just basically we didn't need any access, we could just uh, do it on our own. Yep. Well, uh, David and Andrew, uh, why don't you give uh, a little bit of your take on, um, I want to ask you um, first, uh, what was your take on, on uh, your actual radio show, because I don't know very much about this story. Where, where did Radio Feedback came from? Um, uh, well, 
started at WIUX, uh, when I was a freshman, uh, was not was not there. Uh, most of it was on the music committee. I reviewed, uh, see, you know, CDs and that type of stuff. You know, I was a student at, at IU uh, studying journalism. I uh, wanted to be a rock uh, rock critic. Uh, it didn't really pan out, but uh, uh, I got more involved with the station my uh, sophomore year. Uh, got some airtime, uh, co-hosted the show, and then uh, junior year I got my own show. Uh, ended up like I'm, I'm a comic book nerd, like a lot of folks here. Uh, and uh, this is uh, Ariane's song, Radio Free Europe, uh, was the first single. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, I guess, you know, combine that, like, you know, uh, Radio Free Bad Cake. So it kind of had, like, you know, a 60s Batman vibe, you know, every uh, week my sign up was, Tune in next week, same bat time, same bat channel. I even, and uh, I eventually had a co host, uh, Jordan Kilpin, uh, he, he would do, like, a Don Pardo version. I used to get, like, you know, sound effects from the 60s uh, radio show. And, it was kind of like a hodgepodge of things, different things I, did, I was interested in. Uh, you know, your standard, you know, standard college rock, so, you know, R.E.M., Scudu, replacements, and then uh, Country and Blues, because I was taking a lot of uh, history and music classes events. And, you know, I'd hear like Muddy Waters, uh, Howard Wolf, followed by uh, Guadalcanal Diary, uh, Sugar, those type of bands, and then uh, maybe even uh, some Motown. Uh, but it, it was kind of fun. Are you sports people? They taught me how to use, uh, you know, the. Uh, an audio board, uh, it kind of, because I've always been a guy who's enjoyed making mixes, you know, that's kind of what a radio show is, uh, the way we ran it. Uh, you make a mix, uh, you play some local stuff, you can like play like the new Wilco, uh, Arcade Fire, that type of stuff, mix it with some older stuff, so you know, like uh, Ryan Adams, that type of stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's a good way, uh, it's a good way to, you know, kind of find your voice. Uh, and uh, WIUX wasn't just uh, music, we also had like a sports committee that would, you know, cover IU games, uh, do interviews, we would do. Sometimes you do in-house performances with uh, EDX, uh, maybe local uh, Bloomington musicians, that type of thing. But it was, what's great about uh, Super Radio, and I, I encourage anyone who is in college or uh, going to college, uh, get involved. Uh, you know, a lot of times if uh, you go to like a Big Ten University or somewhere else that's you know, very large society, it's, it's easy to feel lost on campus. Uh, and I made my best friends in uh, college at uh, WOEX. Uh, actually, uh, one of them is now the music editor of Nubo. And uh, because I'm friends with her, I've had a lot of opportunities. I, Got to interview Pancho San Pedro from Crazy Horse, Mickey Raphael from Willie Nelson Band, uh, Mark Bowman from the Turtles. Uh, so yeah, it's like this. It's a cliche, but it's true. It's not really what you know; it's who you know. And speaking of which, I know you. So what I'm going to say is, I, before we do the story of how kind of how the show came to be, um, I, I didn't get involved with it until until later, until about um, almost two months in. Do uh, you guys have been just doing it? We did like a pilot episode. <laughs> that got deleted from your computer. Yeah, there, good was reason. there was a very good episode that I wish didn't exist. <laughs> but, uh, I said some things that were inappropriate. Yeah, but you did, but your uh, Andrew's brother did, which is why he's never been on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, uh, before we had done that, um, I I had known uh, David for for a number of years, and um, I just really needed somebody who could help transcribe interviews. I had um, had. Well, not transcribe them, uh, but to record them so that I would have something to transcribe instead of just taking notes and, and not necessarily having the best attribution for something. And we, we had some really interesting folks. I think the two people that we ended up having uh, put on now onto the podcast that we talked to before were um, uh, Angie McCartney, who was the um, stepmother of, of uh, Paul McCartney. It was married to Paul McCartney's dad, and it was just this lovely talk about, like, what was Liverpool like? I mean, what was was it like um, being there at the height of the, the Beatles fame? And essentially, they would come back 
and like she'd get a call from the road and be like, um, I need to, uh, I'm bringing about like 50, 100 people by, um, can you put on some tea? <laughs> and so we just, we had just very like down to earth stories of something you would have never known, uh, but had this access to amazing people. And then similarly, Clay Enos, um, who actually he came back on the show and that's become our most successful podcast ever. And that was not something we anticipated at all. But he, um, he is the set photographer for Superman Batman currently. Um, has done all the Zack Snyder films, really, uh, over the past decade. And uh, was just kind of a professional adventurer, really. Photographer and um, also runs a coffee company. So, like, these strange conflicts of things that that doesn't seem like that should have any place in any podcast or popular culture or anything. Because it's just a weird mishmash of, of people. And uh, they found a place on, on Kind of Epic Show. And uh, I just want to know what was your... Um, that was my emphasis for, for getting involved, was, was just kind of having a home for these odd folks that we were talking to. But before that, you just had the gall to say, why don't I press the space bar? Why don't I start, uh, start recording my friends? And, and what was the emphasis of that? Why, why did you get started with Kind of Epic Show? Well, I, I went to film school. I had a $65,000 degree I need to pay off eventually. Um, but each week, I, I mean, I would go to the movies with my, with my friends. And we would sit and end up talking about them. And then one day, uh, my co-host, uh, David Gilman, was just kind of like, we both listen to a ton of podcasts. Why don't, we, why don't we just get a microphone? Since we're already sitting down talking about it, discussing the movie anyway, why don't we just hit record? And that's kind of what started it. It was my, my know-how and his willingness to, to sit down with me, since we already were, and record. Uh, and I mean, ever since we've been doing movies and TV on a weekly basis, which has been real nice, especially during the summer. Go out, go watch the, the newest big budget superhero film because there were 25 of them this year, it feels like. And then once the fall comes, new fall TV, and it just makes it real easy to, to keep on track and to do a weekly show without with having the content basically provided for us and we just have to discuss it. Um, we got about seven episodes in, and I, I kind of felt that it was getting a bit stale, just with only two hosts. So Andrew was actually the first host we then added. And uh, after him, it's kind of been rotating, who's on our show each week. Uh, I'm actually the only person to be on the show every week. I found one episode where you were not on it. Really? Which yeah, one? Yeah, it was the, um, uh, the sci-fi apology episode. Because you had me just record the intros to the thing. I'm sure in the background somewhere. It's probably it's the episode where you had to tell people mumbling. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> you should have told me that, because I thought I was in every episode, and I'm like, sure. Uh, <laughs> you lied to these wonderful people. You apologized. You just lost all your credibility in front of an audience of several people. Yeah. <laughs> several hundred. Please, people, please keep quiet. We're trying <laughs> to talk over the crowd. I know that this is theoretically supposed to be PG, but let's just say we kicked the Power Rangers' ass, guys. Oh, we, <laughs> we filled this stage. We filled this back. <laughs> what does Paul George have to do with this podcast? Oh, that's too soon. Uh, no, no, no. I can make Ray Rice jokes, but we can't talk about Paul George. Mostly because I've never heard him. Uh, down the road, I, well, well, I guess before we even started recording, like Gabe mentioned, we had done a couple samples and we had gotten a couple cool interviews that were... Uh, we did more of the stuff that was on um, 
in person. We had a we had a multimedia thing yeah. that we could throw that up, but we could go to the YouTube's. Mm -hmm. uh, we could do that. Um, so we talked to people like Mark Shepard, or we talked to Tom Panica from Battlestar Galactica, um, Carmen Moore also from uh, from Battlestar Galactica, and like all sorts of nerdy things that you would not yeah. have imagined. There was actually a Lost in Space TV show that only aired in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> she was on for like seven seasons. Uh, was she Dr. Smith? <laughs> but, she, I, I don't know, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, a lot of interesting folk. Um, I don't know who the biggest name might have been. Uh, maybe Chris Claremont? Uh, Chris Claremont. Well, that was on the show. That was on the show, but I did have a multimedia I, thing going before where I was going to conventions like this and uh, sitting down with a, a camera and talking to people. Um, it was a lot of fun, and it just kind of became... Why are you elbowing me? <laughs> I was told to. It was a chain reaction. Yeah, okay. I, I elbowed the screen. Elbow it's yeah. like that ball thing you see at like office desks. Right. Exactly. We all elbow each other now. So. All right. True. Uh, yeah. But uh, uh, we're creating the wink wink nudge nudge shit from Monty Python. None of us should do a podcast about this because I don't think we understand. I I have had um, on occasion um, talking. I'm going to kind of shift to to booking. That's what the topic that has come up. Well, that, that's the main reason I brought you in. Yeah, well. how, how you do um, bring people in. Essentially, like, I was a little bit mentor. It's like, it's like, I have this excellent radio voice, guys, that was not being utilized in any fashion <laughs> by the person who was like, well, let's sit down in front of the microphone. I was deeply offended, David West. <laughs> okay. But no, you started, I'm kidding. He actually started putting uh, interview segments on the show before, before I was actually able to come in person to record. Um, but it was thing, uh, just really whoever we could get. Um, uh, and uh, at first, I had uh, no care as to who uh, would come on. I mean, Dave, you guys were, were funny in that because you didn't necessarily have a chance to play them as if it were a radio show. You didn't have the time to, uh, while you were recording, to play the interview. You didn't have the context to know what we were talking about. So you would play it, and then Dave would be like, I have no idea who that guy is. <laughs> who is like, that guy? I really hope you, I hope you guys like that. Um, yeah, that guy from Xenoscope, from that thing I've never read, so enjoy. But no, I mean, they were really still interesting folks, like mainly people that we talked to at C2E2, and then we continued to consistently book after that. I would say we, we haven't done 100% um, of an interview podcast, but we tried to integrate um, an interview at least once a month, and we'll probably be pushing towards having an interview every, uh, every episode, and more standalone interview episodes as well. Um, but what is it for you guys? Who, who handles your booking? Um, what type of guests are you trying to coordinate? And when do you generally coordinate them and how? Um, is it via Skype? Is it in person? Um, do you have a robot read emails? <laughs> how, do you, how do you do things? It, it's amazing the world that we live in, how easy it is to do podcasting and be successful and have, um, have opportunities to talk to people that you wouldn't think that you would. Um, for their management, but just this last year we've been able to um, interview Scott Snyder, who writes Batman, and several other top selling titles for DC, and uh, Mark Wade, who's just a comic book legend. Um, Colin Bunn has been on our show several times, and that one we do through a phone interview, which I never thought was a thing you could do so easily, but it is, and it's awesome. I really cannot lose my phone at this point. <laughs> right? If, and not that I'm going to like call any of the celebrities' phone numbers that we have, just like on the random, but um, I do not want somebody to be in possession. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't want this to sound creepy, but it is extremely easy to get celebrities' phone numbers, and you would not even believe it. But um, I, I think just the, the people don't realize how approachable and down-to-earth a lot of these people are. 
they really do want to just like talk about what they're doing because they're passionate about it. And they don't care if your outlet has you know, 20,000 listeners or 20 listeners. They just want to talk about what they're passionate about. And that's been really good for us, I think. Very somewhere deep on David's phone list got is um, Zack Snyder's phone number. <laughs> actually, we got a phone call from uh, um, Zack Snyder's office the day, uh, that's how we did the, the Clean Universe interview, was the day um, that Henry Cavill had been confirmed as Superman. And he was there taking the photos um, from the press conference. And so his phone had died. And so he's like, oh, well, he's coming from uh, Next phone. <laughs> so that's the type of thing. Like, yeah, David and I cannot lose our phones. We would be in some serious trouble. I have performance phone number. I think my Warner Brothers would probably see you guys. Yeah, you know, <laughs> No, uh, one time I had ordered something from Wizard Magazine and stuck on a post it note that was crumbled up like in the packaging was Joe Quesada's office number. I never called I wanted to. No, you should have. That was awesome. For, um, I'm sorry that I haven't passed it on to you guys because you were the ones who actually brought up booking. Um, but in terms of coordinating now for panels and things of that nature to do live events, that's a different type of booking. Um, we, we, have, we now have uh, contacts at Marvel um, for, for that, um, for both the film and television side of things. So this will not be the only panel that you'll be seeing from, from kind of Epic or from these podcasters in general uh, in the hopefully near future, uh, but certainly for, for 2015. Uh, and so that that's a completely different thing. Do you guys utilize um, um, do you utilize reps? Um, do you try to contact directly, or do you um, do you have uh, like you, you mentioned uh, for you guys? You had both the the press office at IEPY, and um, I imagine coordinating with the, the Pacers press office. Mm-hmm. And how how does that work? Um, we've tried to get players. Dave said one thing for us was access. That was the big wall for us. We have access. I mean. There's other Pacers podcasts out there, but we do have access. We can go to practices if we want to. We went to media day last year. We can talk to the coaches. We can talk to the players. Um, we've tried to get players to come in and on the show, um, but this, this, the, uh, we've been told no just because the season is so it's so fat, fast-paced for them. And, like, the guys enjoy their day off because there's 82 games in the season. The days they don't play, they still have practice. They have to go watch film. They have to work out. So they like having their days off. They don't want to come down and talk to us. But we do get guests on. Uh, during the playoffs, because it's kind of because we know playoffs, playoffs, what, what playoffs? Uh, like because like we we watch the Pacers all season long, so we know what we're talking about for the Pacers. But like in a seven game series or whatnot, like if they play the Hawks or the Wizards or the Heat, like we may not necessarily be experts on the Hawks. But we reach out, we talk to Chris Bivelmore, the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Uh, we talk to uh, we talk to for the Wizards, uh, Kyle Weida, who runs okay. the Troops blog for the Wizards. We talk to a gentleman who runs, uh, I think it's the fan side blog for the Heat. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so I mean, just like he said, I mean, people like feeling validated. So if you're like, hey, we think you're an expert on this. You want to come on the show and talk with us? Yeah. Nine times out of ten, it's a yes. Instance, so. I thought that Flavor Dave could be an expert on Japanese basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Half a decent job of that, I think. I, I, I think it's enjoyable. Like, honestly, the, um, the, the, only, the main reason that we're using this audio recorder is that um, I, and my next question will be about equipment um, after after Andrew gets his uh, his say about bookings um, is that we did record that and I think we will probably put that up along yeah. with maybe the, the uh, last panel that we did with, uh, with Warner and the guys from their management so that's a plug for you to keep listening to our podcast feed yeah <laughs> but also you, you um, can hear me try to guess how to pronounce the word manga yeah over and over again yeah. <laughs> um, you're like burned with ketchup the ketchup bottle ketchup 
Kids. 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 Yeah, um, but essentially, essentially um, that is what I wanted to ask now is about equipment. So how did you guys, uh, what were you using when you first started? Has it evolved um, in, in any way in terms of the equipment that you use to record? Um, for us, I mean, I'll speak generally, we began with a USB microphone, um, and I know nothing about technology, uh, but we're sending indoctrinated into the world of learning serial numbers and, and different model numbers for these different audio devices since one of ours got stolen. <laughs> Doing a lot of research. Um, so this thing that we're recording on is, uh, is a Zoom um, H2, uh, or QN2, I should say, um, and it records um, with one monodirectional, or one unidirectional uh, mic. I'm sorry, one omnidirectional mic, you pick up everything, but you can set it to have individual uh, zones. Uh, and that also has a camera on it as well. It also has a camera on it, so that's kind of a nifty thing if you're, if you're wanting to start a podcast on the go or record uh, interviews in public spaces. Um, we've also used Tascam, we had a DR40, which is a highly recommended device. That device um, had XLR out outputs, um, so you could use that um, to use a, a traditional condenser mic, which is what you might be uh, associated with, uh, for instance, what's on the panel right now, um, so that people can actually hear you. Um, and also, um, if you've ever done any kind of like public speaking thing at a high school or something, it's, it's the, the traditional mic, what you're familiar with. And for a lot of people, they consider that to have a better recording quality uh, than what would be like a 3 8 input or something like that. I'm going to pass it to the person who actually has a degree in this so that I, I don't continue to talk out of, out, of, out of turn. But David, can you speak to what we began using and what, what equipment you would actually recommend that the podcasters use? Well, um, I don't have a degree in audio. To be fair, <laughs> to be fair Or misinformation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I said, yeah, but keep knocking you down. I know, That's what right? I gave all, all that money for that degree that didn't tell you anything about my well, I, have, I, have <laughs> I took a couple classes. It does make me an expert by any means. Uh, as you can tell by listening to our show. <laughs> um, We're low fi like, early guided by voices. That's uh, right. Yeah, I don't know if anyone got that reference. Maybe maybe that guy in the American flag hat and plays Dave over here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we started out using, I don't even remember what it was, uh, it was just a USB microphone uh, using GarageBand. We just plug it into our computer and hit record and it was real simple, plug and play. Um, we got the job done until we started getting more people on the show. I'd say more than that though, um, just the timbre of voices, it can, it can have a tinny quality because mm -hmm. you if you have to use like a, a not so great program like GarageBand, make sure that you have some great equipment. That's <laughs> what we learned. So um, we did upgrade the setup. So now that we have um, a, a shotgun mic, um, two, uh, a one condenser mic, I think you run through with the XLR. What, what is the current setup? Tell them, tell them about it. You have three uh, microphone setup now. We've got uh, one shotgun microphone, which I don't like to use unless, uh, well, given the environment, because it'll pick up everything. Every little noise gets picked up on that. Is that the shirt? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah that's an instrumental mic. Yeah. Um, it came in a set with one of our others. Uh, and then we have, like I said, three condensers. We have uh, two audio boxes. They're real cheap. You can go to a guitar center and get them for like Yeah, ideally bucks. somebody will have what's called a soundboard. I mean, if people are listening to this who are podcast junkies, they probably already know what this is because they're audio files. Um, but it's generally what you'll see being um, either at a live show, like mixing a concert, or at a recording studio mixing. You can do that also on programs, um, so that, that's things like just using an equalizer to try to say, I want a really gifted dose of tones on this voice. So well, <laughs> the main reason I went with the, the setup that we have is it's light, it's easy to take with you. So, except for the bases of the Except, <laughs> I got some heavy stands, unfortunately. 
But for the most part, I can just pack it all away, take it to the to a convention, go out on the show floor, and record if I wanted to. It's real light and easy to use. I mean, because I, I donated like the audio box and one of the microphones. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was in grad school, I was in the Brooklyn Electroacoustic Ensemble. Uh, I played saxophone. I uh, played the play, used the microphone and uh, and the audio box. Played through GarageBand, put like a distortion filter on it to kind of sound like the guitar on uh, the Stone Satisfaction, but it's I like it because it was cheap. Uh, I really like because uh, tenor sax with the occasional all that's you know pretty uh, heavy to schlep uh, a couple blocks to school for practice. And then, how about for you guys? Um, do you are you able to make use of the fact that you're recording um, at a location, the fact that you're recording at Lupo? Well, if you were here and heard him do the answer, we started cracking up because you said, "Well, if we have a USB uh, microphones and GarageBand, it's kind of good and deep and turn, uh, dirty on the go." But once you finally kind of get going, we're still using <laughs> yes. USB microphones so, and GarageBand. So, uh, so the maybe laugh because I was like, "Audio oh, elitist, you." It's like, okay, oh, let's get to some time. Yeah, it works, man. And I brought this on. Uh, there was a legitimate change. First of all, in, in David expending effort. Um, <laughs> but the thing that got kind of lit a fire under there were uh, there were a couple of factors. One, that we actually attended live podcast tapings. <laughs> we, we got made fun of by Mark Shepard. We Shepherd. got made fun of by Mark Shepard. So that was not your made fun of us. So that kind of... So you got microphone. But now us, USB, my garage band user guys are making fun of you high-tech. Well, it's not necessarily... I wouldn't argue that any of that stuff is unnecessary and doesn't make it bigger. I actually do have a degree in audio engineering. I came from the music industry before I started working on Nuvo. Yeah, well, but... My argument would be to stick with USB and, and GarageBand is that a little bit of knowledge of compression, gates, and uh, an EQ. <laughs> a few little tweaks here and there can really make a huge difference when it comes to the voices. And in the end, it's just voice. Yeah. You know, if I was recording, uh, you know, a, uh, a guitar, if I was recording a band, um, and you, for a lot of variety of different circumstances, you need a lot of different kind of microphones, but it's just a voice. Just to make sure it's clear. Um, and, and using a little bit of compression, getting the volume up to a point where it's about on par with any other podcast, I think you're good. And so, um, you know, GarageBand, if you have a Mac, it's free. Um, there's, a, there's a program that we use called Audio um, Hijack Pro, uh, which basically takes any audio that your computer is making and records it and puts it in a file. Um, we use that for... Uh, uh, basically, the, uh, the uh, input of the two USB ports, um, and so we capture that audio and dump it into a file that I import that you, into your audio. You're doing a multi-mic setup that you do have We are. Mics. We have two mics. Um, uh, that's the way that we, because you know one for John, one for me. That may not always be an option, not if you're just recording on your laptop, but also um, if you, um, uh, with the, depending on the software limitations. I know the current GarageBand or whatever, which we're still having some headaches in. Um, and a lot of us, a lot of uh, podcasters out there, just because you do GarageBand, I use, I don't care, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> well, um, because to a certain extent, that is true, where that is a more, I mean, a more powerful program. But, like, so we're still experiencing hiccups learning that. Now it can do the multi-track, I think, a little bit easier. But I think earlier versions of the program that somebody may have, I don't think that that would have been the case. I think we had issues with trying to integrate multiple USB microphones when we first 
first started. Potentially, you know, but um, we, I was using a computer um, that had a version of GarageBand in 2006 when we first started. Um, I'm not recording it in GarageBand. I'm recording it with a separate program and putting it into GarageBand. Oh. So that might be part of the problem. We record, we capture the audio separately, two different files, one for John, one for me, and we put it in the GarageBand. Uh, so we're not running it through the program, we just use GarageBand to mix it and bounce it to disk. Um, and we, my plan when we started was to use Pro Tools. Because like, oh, I've got Pro Tools on my computer, that makes sense. But there's a problem, I can't imagine anybody who's doing podcasting using Pro Tools, because they have an artificial uh, restraint um, uh, in which when you bounce it to disk, you have to do it in real time, and it'll play it back as it does so. Yeah. And what we mean is that when the software that we're using, when you do every, when everything's all ready to go, you hit go, and it basically, you're printing it, essentially, is a way of saying that. And you're creating the, um, the whatever file you're using. Um, most programs will speed through it and get it done about a third of the time of the actual length. But with uh, with uh, uh, Pro Tools, they auto they artificially make it the amount of time that the podcast is, so that you'll listen to it back. It's because it's made for music, and what they want you to do is, when you're all said and done, you're ready to hit print. They want you to listen to it one last time to make sure that nothing's weird about it. But that sucks for podcasts because if you have an hour long podcast, it takes an hour to do that. I mean, that's crazy, especially when we're we're getting, we put yeah. it online as soon as we imagine having to do that for the Game of Thrones episode. I know. Yeah, so it's you know. Three hours long. I mean, that's ridiculous to like hit it and come back. I mean, you know, first world problems. But I mean, if we if we put up our podcast immediately when it's done because our podcasts are a bit ephemeral. Um, they have to do with uh, uh, what happened last week in the Pacers, what's coming up, so it has to be up immediately. Um, and waiting around that long is kind of a stump. So that's why we use Garage. I have that's nothing to add to technology. I'm a sex appeal. He's That's why. But um, you know, it's just a little tweak here and there with EQ. And making sure your audio volumes are correct, and you can kind of just save the settings so that we're just kind of going back and doing the same thing over and over again. And we, we move locations. We do it a lot um, at Nuvo. Nuvo has a specific podcasting room. They have a bunch of equipment, and we push it to the side. <laughs> but we, we, all that equipment, we just move it to the side. We just use it for the desks and the space. Um, I use my laptop that I use for, for work. Uh, it's not designed to be doing any uh, sort of audio processing, but that's what I use. And then just plug a couple of mics in, and then um, it's the settings um, it brings them back up and they're ready to go. Um, now for Warner, I had some specific questions as well. Um, two things. You have producers. Um, so you have somebody who's there monitoring the audio and his job is to be quiet. Right. And, and also to laugh at your, at your noises. Yes. Yeah, so basically what I was going to say is, and play with Dave over here, hit it on the head, that um, GarageBand can be used for podcasting. You don't, don't feel like don't have the technology. Well, we can. We, we all use yeah. it. <laughs> it uh, we're the only ones embarrassed you, by it. Right, right. But you, um, you, if you know what you're doing, you, then it, it takes time. It's trial and error for sure. And definitely, like, our first season, from our first season to, like, we're on our third season now, and if you listen to the first season stuff, it's, it's vastly different. It's because we started to learn how to use this thing. But like, like he said, we have a, a sound production team that, we have a soundboard because we wanted to have, like, that, um, like, 90s shock rock Ready, sports, sports talk show like releasing sound blurbs and the only thing we don't have is a fart sound and I was like why do we not have a fart sound if we're going for that like gimmicky <laughs> that's ridiculous but we did we use these sound, sound clips and um, part of that was we needed someone to like kind of know when to do those and how to do those and how to make them really um, come out while we're recording so that we can get our reactions from that as well because that's part of the fun of it um, and with that having someone that was working the sound they started like kind of Oh, here's some things we can do with GarageBand and mastering that. And 
and we've been able to make it actually sound really nice and clean. And all we have is the one USB mic and GarageBand, and we just it, we make it work. And this isn't a commentary on the podcast. I will say that, um, like I said, the things one of the things that more than Mark Shepard making fun of us because that <laughs> he was making fun of us of our, for our video recording equipment too. <laughs> but it was uh, seeing live podcasts as well because we had the opportunity to interact with um, with both uh, Dan Harmon and and uh, with uh, uh, the Nerdist with uh, with Chris Hardwick um, when they did their live um, recordings. So that was something that motivated us. Uh, Essentially, uh, David just put it out there. He's like, I'd like to do a live show this year, and so I just made that happen. Um, that's just something that now we're doing panels and things of this nature, of course. And when you have a live show, you do want to look a lot, a lot bigger than, like, we wouldn't be able to use a single directional, you know, USB mic because, uh, to be quite honest with you, uh, at a previous con this year, we were at a table next to our friends from uh, the, the gaming and roleplay podcast, Crick and Firm. Uh, they're awesome. You should check them out. But, uh, we're not in the audience, guys. Wait a second. I know. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're but uh, so we had we had our Mac out on the table and a microphone, and they had this ridiculous like mixer and, and eight mics with condensers and just really nice equipment. I was like, whoa, we look like chumps. But it uh, it was cool to talk to them, kind of bounce things back and forth. And uh, so yeah, if you're going to be doing something where it's visual, you definitely want. I mean, there's there's something to that, like looking a little more professional, but. Um, you can sound good, and, and I think what I'm trying, just basically what I'm trying to get at is like, if you want to do a podcast, do a podcast. It's, it's that simple, and you can just talk about things you're passionate about, and if you've got a laptop that has any kind of recording, you can make it work. Yeah, that's why I apologize for making it sound like we're some kind of podcast. <laughs> but the, I mean, the truth is, is that, um, is that we could have done this before we did it. Um, essentially, the impetus was David decided to literally press play, and he had somebody else who was telling him to do that. We had other people who were saying we should do this for a period of time. We're like, well, I don't know. We'll have to start from scratch. We'll have to build a website and this thing. Right. We never even did that. <laughs> we and, forgot and to do that. I mean, those doing those that. things definitely And helped. we still were able to do it. But um, what kind of what drove me to really like pull the trigger on their management was uh, I saw Kevin Smith speak at C2E2 one year, and he said that uh, the reason he became a filmmaker is because he liked to have fun with his friends and tell jokes and the jokes they were telling, there was no outlet for that. And so he was like, well, I guess I'll just make movies with my friends. And now why he doesn't make as many movies is because we live in a world where anyone can just talk to their friends and record it and have a good time and people will listen. And so he, he said to the whole audience, he said, if you're passionate about something and you don't have a podcast, why don't you? So why don't we uh, go around the table and talk about some podcasting influences. What was the first podcast that you heard? Uh, and what are podcasts that you consistently listen to? For me, I'm going to say um, that the podcast that I consistently listen to uh, the most right now, other than uh, kind of a show, of course, uh, would be the, the Nerdist Writers Panel. I really, really enjoyed that. Um, um, I really enjoyed the experience of booking the same people that they do. <laughs> that, like, occasionally, like, we'll have an interview and, like, I'll have had the trouble, slight amount of trouble, like, like, try to fit it into whatever we were doing for a couple of weeks and, like, oh, you should really put that up. And then we had this thing with Brian Edson, um, and then um, he was on the nurse and they was like, yeah, yeah, I put that up this week. <laughs> it's a pretty easy insight. I love that when, and when you can be, like, a major podcast to a guest or a story or, or like, what, especially with our website, like, and, I'm sure no one completely cool is listening, so I don't care to say this, but uh, 
Bleeding Cool is like this big nerd website that everybody goes to for all their comic news. And there's nothing more satisfying to me than when nerd management beats Bleeding Cool to a story. It's awesome. Nobody sees it until it's all Bleeding Cool, but I don't care. I know that mine is person. We got a timestamp, so it's whatever. True story. Before we had the podcast and we were just doing the recordings, um, we had a lot of, we do have large pull. That was the, the easy, the re- reason that I was pulled in for booking is because, oh, well, we still write for XX and X website. And so I can still just say, like, I need the audio for transcription purposes. Do you mind if I use it for this other thing? Yeah. Of course they're willing to do that. Um, it's just um, one more outlet. Yeah, but then I had, um, we had the interview with Mac Walters, the, 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 essentially the creator of Mass Effect, the lead writer. And I was just like, guys, nobody reads my shit. Don't worry. I'm sorry. Sorry for the kid in the audience. Nobody reads my, um, uh, and, uh, nobody reads my shirt. So why don't you just, nobody reads my shirt. Yeah. Why don't you just tell me, uh, what the name and the entire plot of your, of your next DLC is going to be? For Mass Effect 3. I mean, before Mass Effect 3 had come out. A year before Mass Effect 3 had come out. And he told me the entire plot and name of, uh, of Omega, the, DM, the like second to last DLC that came out. And he's like, nobody's going to believe this shit, are they? A shirt, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's going to believe this shit, are they? And, um, got a lot of crazy shirts in here. And so, yeah, I tried to sell it to Andy Lewis. I tried to sell it to Bleeding Pool. I actually had a conversation with like Harry Knowles. I was like, dude, this is happening. And he's just like, and then yeah, it came out. And then, so yeah, they, it was a self-healing yeah, process. It is. It really it feels good. What were we talking about? There's something else. Uh, no, we were talking about podcasts. Influence. Uh, influence. Influence. What are you influence. Yeah, I, I wanted what to your favorite podcast? <laughs> I, I'm influenced by everything that I hear, obviously, because I have ADHD. So, <laughs> <laughs> but how about, how about well, your right. favorite, Abe and John? Uh, what, are, what are your influences? What were your first podcasts? You first, sir. All right. Well, um, when it comes specifically to the podcast that we're doing, a huge influence is undeniably the basketball team. So Basketball Jones uh, was a podcast. They've been around for a long time. They still technically release uh, the audio as a podcast, but now it's a television show on um, NBA TV. But they started out as just a fan podcast. Um, these guys from Toronto uh, who talked about basketball. Now there's plenty of sports broadcasts, and I miss a lot of them um, because a lot of uh, sports media can be kind of meatheadish, kind of like he had the biggest guts and he willed himself the victory, which is not really. That's that's fun he, to talk about. That's he's really clutch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's he a just, lot. That ball just wins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Variable terms don't mean anything. So. Yeah, and it's you know, that's a fun way to build a narrative in order to deeply, more deeply appreciate sports. But that's not what I like about sports. I like strategy. I like analysis. I like knowing what uh, what a team is doing strategically in a game. Um, and Basketball Jones spent a lot more time talking about that than talking about like you know uh, is Tim Tebow gonna get revenge against blah 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 blah. Um, that's a dumb storyline. Is Peyton going to ever get that monkey off of his yeah. back? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you I didn't know Peyton had a cocaine problem. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, Maybe, you know, Maybe that's a secret. I don't know. You're, you're, um, you're probably familiar with that story. Yeah. <laughs> you're probably familiar with um, uh, like the money ball movement and how it's kind of brought a lot more depth into the analysis of baseball. That started to happen with basketball. This podcast coincided with it a little bit. It's just more deep analysis. And knowing, you know, that's not going to work on an ESPN show, but it's going to work on a, on a podcast. Coupled with that, you know, the, their theme song was like an indie rock song. They had a segment where they took a player's name and reeled off a bunch of puns about it. Um, things like that. You wouldn't see that again on, like, PTI. That seemed, like, too dorky. But, you know, that is the kind of... Uh, no one had ever done an intersection of sports, analysis, I, with that kind of humor and appreciation. I don't know that there's not anything that is not dorky enough for Woody Page. 
<laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, in that sort of, um, uh, in a sense, Woody Page is a. Is Dave a made a sports story. reference. I think David and Andrew are over there, like literally. Um, I can't say things. Now, 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 yeah, now, now I'm just yeah. the one that doesn't know um, something, something Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> but yeah, now for for Dave and Andrew, I mean, what are what were your influences? What were the podcasts that you first listened to, and what are those that you consistently listen to today? Well, I mean, I, I've always been a fan of Kevin Smith. It's one yeah. it's one reason that I even went to film school in the first place. It, it was just kind of I started listening to the, the Smodcast back when it first started. So I mean, that's always kind of been there. I've always listened to it. Um, more recently, of course, the Nerdist and uh, Harmon Town and. WTF. Uh, I mean, you, I could go through and just listen to, well, look at my phone and tell you eight different podcasts I listen I, to. I feel bad for not having mentioned other local podcasts as well. Yeah, I mean, like, pretty much it's, I think it's really difficult once you meet a podcaster to not be like, yeah, I'll listen to your thing. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I at least give it a go, and yeah, I yeah. think most of them are in my RSS feed now. Mm-hmm. Um, how, about, how about you, Drew? I don't really listen to too many podcasts. I'm more of a music guy. I, I, I do listen to every now and then. Like, I love uh, Blue Time Podcast. You guys do a good show. Uh, I really liked uh, when you're talking about strategies for the state fair. Like uh, when you're kind of uh, looking at uh, where, the, where the Pacers move forward after the PG injury. Uh, Zach Lowe's podcast, the Low Podcast. That's a lot of fun. I just listen to what the, when he did with uh, Joe Mandy. They talked about Joe Mandy writes Park and Recreation. They talked about Roy Hibbert as an actor, and Roy's always uh, texting them and like how. Uh, uh, what about this storyline for Roy Hibbert? Roy Hibbert does this, uh, and it, it's kind of cool because again, Zach Lowe is kind of part of that uh, more analytical, thoughtful look at basketball. Like in his column on Grantland, you know, that's that's a must read if you're a serious basketball fan because I've learned so much about the uh, offense, defense, the pick and roll, all that stuff. Uh, I, I I listen to the nurse occasionally. I think uh, Chris Hardwick has uh, some interesting guests, and I think he does a good job. Uh, Kind of getting them comfortable, uh, taking conversations, uh, interesting uh, places, and like with some of the guests, like uh, Chris Jericho, like I had no idea he was that cool and interested in dinosaurs and all this sort of stuff. And I, I think that I think Hardwick does a good job that you know, kind of you know, uh, you see that uh, I think you also see that like with you know certain uh, talk shows, like David Letterman has a couple guests that like you know he's pretty good friends with, and can kind of drop the facade, you know, do more interesting things. Uh, uh, other podcasts like uh, How Was Your Week, uh, Dylan Klausner's podcast, uh, Comedy Bang Bang, uh, WTF is good as well. That's what I mentioned Comedy Bang Bang. We try to um, insert a little bit of humor because it can get kind of stale listening to sports for 60 minutes. But like as far as trying to take um, any opportunity to insert a joke, uh, I think that that's been an influence. Yeah, absolutely. I'd Nerdist Writers kind of like I mentioned before, but I think what was great about them is that A, they were able to interact with us on the Twitter and that they were actually supportive and were like, hey, you should write an iTunes review for us. And then they were like, why don't we write an iTunes review for you? Well, that, was, that was pretty well, nice. Well, well, after, our, cool. after our first panel back at uh, Indie Comic Con, I, uh, I got some iTunes review. It was really nice, and then it was at, like, at the end of it, it was like, I wish you would edit more. <laughs> so I have been. <laughs> no, that's right, and that's helpful stuff that you don't, if you don't listen to what people are, like, if you don't hear what people are saying about it. Yeah, how are we yeah, going to know? Don't know what, you know we have a lot of inside jokes on our podcast, and I'm sure that's probably even frustrating, but nobody says anything about it, so we just keep doing it. Yeah, that's actually, I, I open up the show by saying that the uh, the absence of people, well, actually, it's filled, it's completely full. But, right, you know, well, now. But no, uh, yeah, the floor when we were just riffing. So if they, yeah. if they were at our last panel, I just want to say thank you for that, and I hope I've helped, or I hope I've gotten better at that. 
I just say I said it was a visual metaphor for the absence of our online hands. But yeah, it is very difficult, I think, on occasion to put something out there and then not to have that immediate feedback mm -hmm. or that immediate gratification of somebody saying, this sucks, or you did a really good job, guys. <laughs> and so what, what is it that personally motivates you to put something out, um, and, and how do you, um, what, what is the fan reaction that you've had, where, have, where has it been most concentrated? Well, part of it, too, I, I, not all of it's fan, though, like even, and, and I didn't really talk a lot about my, my podcast influences, but a lot of it is from other podcasts. Like I was saying, Craig Confirm, um, those guys are really helpful. You guys have been super helpful to us, especially on uh, helping out the kind of epic show guys and um, just kind of getting us started. And we even did like a little joint uh, episode that was really fun and we had a good time. And uh, I think our fans really liked it and um, just kind of some extra exposure. But also, um, I was in a, at an event last night for uh, the Do It Indie Radio Hour, which is a fantastic music podcast that's here local. And um, just uh, seeing how the community reacts to podcasts and um, and and how how they're run is really kind of kind of spurred me to be better at what we do. And so I kind of talked to those guys and just being able to talk to other podcasters about what they do. And now like meeting you guys is going to be fun to talk to you about. Um, just some things that you do and like getting tips from other podcasters and you're not going to be able to do everything that they do and you're not going to want to do everything that, that they do That's, you want to be different um, and do your own thing but it is good to kind of just uh, have that back and forth with other podcasters and the, fan, the fans definitely like what, we talked to a bunch of fans at, at PopCon this year when we had the table people coming up and telling us like things they liked or didn't like about the show and that was really helpful but I feel like the most that I get is from other podcasters and peers in the, the podcast community. We I know I have I have bugged all of uh, all of the both of you on uh, on the Twitter. Uh, I would say that's also where we get the majority of our feedback. Uh, it's not been in the Podomatic page. I think we've ever gotten a Podomatic comment. Uh, oh, we haven't started yeah. yeah, we haven't got any anywhere near recently in the last like two it's, years. It's like pulling teeth to get people to comment yeah. on the nerd management website, but on our Twitter and Facebook, we can get all kinds of. Oh yeah, but Twitter, Twitter, I'm definitely able to. Occasionally, like last year, I was just like um, arrow, uh, shield, pick a side. <laughs> and then I actually got people who had never listened to our show were like, "Yeah, you guys should cover this show." And then the other people were like, "No, oh, you should cover this show." And I was like, "Nerd." For Militant guys, I know that I reached out to you on Twitter. That's mm -hmm. how this panel came about. So where do you get most of your fan input, and how do you interact in social media? Um, mostly on, on on Twitter, as you say. Um, as far as getting feedback on the podcast, like most of the time, at least you can correct me if you disagree, Flavor Dave, but um, it seems like most of the time we'll get like responses like a joke that we make, even if it's, it's not necessarily about any kind of like detailed analysis that we make about a game or any kind of statistical analysis that we make. It's always like, LOL, you made a dodgeball reference. And like, it's great, it's great. Like, any feedback is great. Um, but the, the best thing for us, at least on Twitter, is that we get a lot of feedback, not necessarily with the podcast, but we have grown our audience and kind of built our brand. I hate using that word, but air quotes on that. But it, it's, it's with live tweeting games. We, that, that, is, that is huge for us. I'm sure you guys didn't let me like live tweet Game of Thrones or whatever or anything yeah. like that. So, but that is huge. If we live tweeted Game of Thrones, people would murder us. <laughs> but <laughs> we, we, we did live tweet Gotham. That's free advertising. Like, like last, last year, especially, live tweeting was fantastic because every game Lance Stevenson gave us something. Like, <laughs> like, like he was instant meme. Every every game there was something for Lance Stevenson. He would briefly blow up Twitter, especially especially the playoff game. He blew LeBron's ear. It was awesome, and that's, that's, that's like true. the sound effect. Uh, I think the stance on on, uh, on 
Robin Stevenson. Do you still believe he is for the children? No, not. Hey, you guys don't mind. Uh, since we've only got six minutes left, actually, let me ask a question. I apologize for that. I would be bad moderator is bad. Um, yeah, actually, the reason I was asking about fan interaction is because I'd like you guys to start forming a queue. Um, anybody who has a question, just come up here and grab the mic. Please don't grab one of the podcasters. I think we need a queue. I think we need to hear them just fucking. <laughs> no, they'll get them on the mic if they can pick it up. Uh, okay. So if anybody uh, who has a question, just feel free to, to approach the podium, and uh, we will do our best to, to answer. Come on up. Well, we're waiting for questions, though. I, I did want to make a point that I think is interesting. All of us mentioned Twitter as our outlet for uh, for the podcast, and I think Andrew can speak to this a little bit too, just because he's a big music guy and uh, uh, played a day with Nuvo and stuff. Uh, I'm in a band, also. Somehow, I have free time for a band and editing a podcast and working full time and being a dad. I don't know how I do that. It's horrible. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun, but it's uh, <laughs> no sleep, though, for real. That's, a, that's not a joke. There's lots of, lots of no sleeping. But um, for you guys, I think you notice, like, there's definitely a difference between Twitter is definitely the outlet for, for uh, podcasting. Absolutely. It used to be but, Facebook. But, well, more engagement. the parents don't took Facebook a long time. But I, noticed, yeah. but I noticed that for bands and music, anything music-related, it seems like Facebook is all about that. And it used to be, I mean, way back, way back, it was MySpace, but but now, like, like band traffic on Twitter, that's nothing. We don't really get a lot on that. But the podcast, Twitter's, it's all about Twitter. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that those two different formats have such a different outlet. Do you notice that? Yeah, but I think it, part of it has to do with uh, the functions of Twitter. Like, if you, people are only interested about what interesting things you have to say about other things. If you're talking about yourself, it doesn't yeah. really matter. Because, I mean, we'll tweet out, like, hey, there's a new podcast up and nobody cares. And then we'll tweet out a joke about Derek Rose and he's oh, you're tweeting 200 <laughs> yeah. times. Because you know? like, that's the way fo- of Twitter functions. And I think that um, when you're doing a podcast, like, our podcast isn't about, like, hey, John, what did you do today? You know, we're talking about something external. So that's why I think it translates more to Twitter. But when it comes to, like, if you have a band, the only interesting, you can't, like play a song in 40 characters obviously right. it doesn't, that doesn't make sense so yeah. the only thing that you have to talk about is hey we've got a show coming up hey we're recording a, 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 an album and it just doesn't work for that format. Right. but Facebook does because you're connecting with people that um, you're, you're together and it's because they're interested in your band and, you're, and you know you want to have their fans with Twitter you're just trying to find interesting information about other things and I think that might explain kind of some of that lack of overlap there um, and, and again like John said Twitter's been so good because we're able to live tweet it's, it, it, it helps bring in these lines yeah and we, we, we put a Facebook page for our podcast and it tanked we got hardly any action on it nobody cared so, nobody cared <laughs> we just deleted it it's yeah. just like after um, after a while we just started putting stuff up and then like nobody gave a crap about it like this is just dumb we, we literally just deleted it and then on Twitter we have a big following yeah we just, so. just trimmed the fat it doesn't work don't use it so. yeah. I found that Twitter like uh, depending on like you know uh, who you tweet at uh, what you tweet at tweet at about you can get a lot of followers like I think I hit 666 sometime early this year, and now I'm at like 970, just talking talking about basketball, making jokes. I, I'm getting tweeted by these guys who don't make like a stupid pun or something like that. It's I, I think uh, Andrew's uh, Twitter commentary is phenomenal on a variety <laughs> of subjects, and I highly recommend that you follow him because he's fantastic. Uh, Ryder Test follows Maybe, Andrew. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I, I was talking uh, with uh, like uh, I was hanging out with uh, a friend Cat when I were talking about uh, the Pacers and like you know kind of. The, Make feelings about rooting for somebody like Lance Stevenson because of you know certain aspects of his past, and then we talked about Metal World Peace and how much we enjoyed his uh, Twitter account. And I tweeted that at him, and 
he favored it and followed me. So, you know, normally you don't want uh, to uh, steal one of your jokes. Normally you don't want Ron Ron following you into the stands. <laughs> it depends on how you say that. Robert's test is following you. What's his name now? Panda Friend? Panda Friend. Panda Friend. The Panda Friend. Okay, I'm checking, I'm checking the Twitter to see if we had any Twitter traffic upon our request, and somebody had tweeted a picture. His name is My Name Is Not Vince. Is not Vince here? That's me. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> because for some reason, here. everyone calls me Vince instead of Vic. Uh, <laughs> but uh, going back to like earlier, we were talking about accessibility. I think Twitter's a great way to kind of get immediate feedback. Uh, you can, like, I've talked with a couple basketball players on there, like uh, CJ Miles, who just was signed by the Pages this offseason. Uh, he uh, had his wisdom teeth uh, removed, and I had mine removed, so I was reading him tips that I use, and you know, he spoke to me about that, and I got retweeted by Paul George, things like that. Yeah, it's Jan, Jan Mahimi, you mentioned Jan Mahimi earlier. I made a joke about how do you say championship in, in French, and then he retweeted that. And then suddenly I was getting all the, the Pacers Franks tweets. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. It's also good for workshopping material a little bit, like things that I might talk about about the podcast, I might tweet something out and nobody cares, and you're like, okay, yeah. well, that's not very interesting, and then you tweet something else out and get some, then it, that helps a little bit, it also helps uh, you be concise, because if you're trying to get a lot of information, 140 characters, right. um, you're not going to get it, so you have to edit it down, make your point, get out of there, and I think that helps. The visual is great, um, tweeting pictures, twit pics, um, which sounds dirtier than it is. Um, <laughs> it can't be dirty. Yeah, I've <laughs> seen some Twitter <laughs> scenes. But it, it, that, um, that has been incredibly helpful us in terms of um, our Twitter audience is not the largest, but it is very engaged. Almost everything we put out there will get a degree of engagement, we'll get a retweet, we'll get a favorite, we'll um, get access to somebody else's followers. And in that, I think that aggregation is a really big thing. Facebook used to have that with the share functionality, but now the idea that somebody, and this is getting kind of techie for a minute, but they did that the algorithm is now geared towards if you didn't pay us for ads, why should we put, right. you don't, you may have 500 fans. That's a 500 fan barrier, and they were just like, oh, well, five of them saw this today. And it wants yeah. to let you know that. It wants to let you know that only uh, five people yeah. saw there, this. Today. There are some tricks to that. I'll talk to you guys later about that. <laughs> you can get around Facebook and the There's some, yeah. Uh, but getting back to Flip Dave's point about conciseness on Twitter, uh, that definitely helped me uh, kind of hone my uh, jokes. Like, you know, I was like, you know, all right, uh, what word do I use? Uh, it's, it, it's a good way to really. And you see, like a lot of uh, com comedians on Twitter, it's a you know, it's a great way to you know, kind of find your voice, you know, see what jokes work, kind of workshop it. Cool. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think we are about to close. We are not getting kicked out of the room, so I'm going to uh, to make sure that we get a chance to do kind of a final plug here, um, just to let people know where they can find everybody online, and then also just anything that we want to close with within like a 30 second. Okay, um, you can find Nerd Management on Twitter at, at, at NerdMGMT, um, also on Facebook. And then our website uh, is NerdMGMT.com, that's where you can find all our podcasts as well as you know, iTunes and all that stuff, but it's, it's a little easier if you just turn straight from the, the website. Do you get a lot of like MGMT fans following you by mistake? <laughs> no, <but I> <laughs> the last album sucked! I'll do this. Uh, our podcast is at Miller Time Pod. Me personally, I'm at John Fillet. I'm at Dave Sir. What did she order? John Fillet. <laughs> this is this is the wrap up he does at the end of any podcast, and that was just a trigger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got it. Yeah. And so. he should give us his best smothered chicken before the end. Yeah. Oh, smothered chicken! I want to bring to end on. I didn't get a chance to say my uh, my influences. So thanks a lot, Mr. Moderator. No. Oh. Since, 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 since
we are in sports podcasting, and we cannot stress how important Bill Simmons is for the sports podcasting uh, industry, I should say. Hashtag Free Simmons. Hashtag Free Simmons. I think what happened <laughs> to him was complete bullcrap. Uh, so yeah. uh, that's just my little spiel to get off my toes. Oh, and if they have a problem, if the NFL has a problem with that, they can call me. They can email. I dare him. <laughs> dare him. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You can also find us on eight points nine seconds. It's the fan sided blog, which is kind of like the blog arm of uh, Sports Illustrated. Uh, they, it's the Pacers blog, and uh, they're kind enough to put our podcast up there, also on uh, Nego.net. And the Twitter handle that we talked about at Miller Time Pod that we said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just said it again. So. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, well, you can find Kind of Epic Show at Kind of Epic Show on Twitter. You can find me at David West underscore K O E S. Uh, you can find me. Uh, I've written a couple articles, uh, new books, so I'll search for Andrew Crowley on there. And uh, my Twitter handle is at Jumpin, J U M P I N, Jack Flask. Uh, it's a uh, reference to a place food like. Uh, I talk about them, basketball, pretty much anything. I make a lot of stupid jokes, bad puns. It's a good time. Um, you can find all of our video content on YouTube. Just look for David West and Kind of Epic Show. Uh, we have short films on there. We have a bunch of inter- uh, interviews, panels, all kinds of stuff that you might want to watch. Including this panel. Including this panel as soon as it, we hit set. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> one of the short films, I play a superhero. Not a very good one, though. Me, the superhero, the film's good. I enjoy it. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes on Twitter, Andrew will tweet out like Neil Young lyrics, and for a second, I think he's Jim Irsay. <laughs> no, I, <don't laughs> I, I just have a stash. Yeah. We won't talk about that. <laughs> I didn't say where you can find me. You can find me at Gabriel Canada, Gabriel with an A, because my parents had trouble spelling. And yeah, uh, Canada, the same as the country. No, just a funny little joke. My dad once, uh, Gabriel commented on my dad's Facebook page for some reason. And my mom was just like, who the hell is Gabrielle? <laughs> <laughs> There's a weird little uh, instance there. Gabrielle Canada. <laughs> I should, I, yeah. But anyway, uh, on the internet, yeah, you can change your name. You went with Flava Dave. I should have had something. But I think it's, it was unique Thank enough you. that I was the only person who could have that Twitter handle, so I kept it. Um, other than that, um, like I said, some of the publications that you can find our stuff on or that have allowed us to, to get there um, was Sequel Buzz, although I almost don't want to plug them. <laughs> um, you can kind of find some of our archive stuff there. Um, Blogverdicts.org um, had, had helped us to get a lot of good people on the show. And uh, EdwardsBendit.com, who yeah. will be broadcasting, I believe, um, their panel um, audio as well. And uh, stay tuned for some more uh, information. Our future we're hosting. We have some exciting news that we've developed at this time, but we can't really tell anybody yet. Um, but odds are you'll be listening to this on that new website, so you'll know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I just want to say thank you. I think if we could get a round of applause from everybody on the panel, I'm sure everybody is proud. And David, if you do the honors, the way that we end our podcast is usually uh, just hit the space bar. I, I can't. Oh. Just punch Flavor Dave in the kidney. And that's his face. Which I can't reach. <laughs> okay, okay. Honor, honorary, almost like Hartman Town. This is our honorary comptroller. Uh, Flavor Dave, would you do the honors of hitting the space bar?
Hey listeners, this is Micus, creator of the kind of epic theme song, Zombie Kids. If you're interested in finding out more about my music, you can check me out at micusmusic.com. Also, I am on iTunes, Facebook, and SoundCloud. You can look me up as Micus Music, and that's M-I-K-U-S, and you know the rest. All right, peace out, everyone. Keep listening.